Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of The World Through the Heart Of and today I have a lovely guest, Maria. We connected on Substack and we've actually recorded this conversation once before but unfortunately the audio didn't pick up so we're giving it another go and we're believing and we're trusting that the words that are meant to come through today are the words that are for you guys and so I just want to say hi to you Maria and Thanks for coming to share this space with me today. Hi, I'm so honored. And um, yeah, it's really a privilege to have another conversation with you. Thanks so much. You know, I want to start with, um, we want to start with a question that actually you you put, I have this little form that we complete before, like, so we can connect, I can connect in with the guests. And, you know, one of the questions that, that you actually kind of wrote in this form was, was about tension and how we navigate the detention of, being being dependent on the receptivity of others when we're on this creative journey and, and both you and I are creatives you know we're expressing our creations in in a multitude of different ways and I'm sure a lot of people tuning into this are also on that journey so I was wondering from from your perspective like how do we navigate that tension because that is something that I definitely I've have I have and still do experience on my journey particularly you know when you've been in a world where the validation is always received. So you work and, you know, you see that paycheck come in or you see your boss tell you good job. And perhaps when you're creative or you're an entrepreneur, you don't have that same um, immediate uh, validation for the work that you're doing, right? So in your eyes, like how, how do we navigate that tension? You know, it's something I'm still very much in the process of learning and doing a lot of reflection with because, I think it's so easy, especially in this climate of social media, to get into comparison and to see the expressions of other people's creativity, you know, really validated externally, whether they have a certain amount of followers or comments or, you know, I think we can compare ourselves very easily to the journey of others, not knowing the behind the scenes process of how they got there. And so maybe they worked, you know, for years before they really were able to see that external result. And we're just kind of seeing them when they've already achieved that level of success. And maybe we're earlier on our journey or, you know, in the end, it doesn't really matter. We each have to be authentic to where we are right now. So I think one of the ways I've been kind of reminding myself of that journey and that process is just to enjoy the act of creativity, to enjoy that connection to the divine or the muse or whatever you want to call this kind of, you know, co-creative spirit that I think inspires us to create Um, just to bring a sense of joy into that process and not worry as much about the outcome. And I think for me, that's something that's far more sustainable. And I think that is something that anchors me into my own authenticity when I enjoy the process and when I can focus on the joy that I'm getting out of the act of creating, then I'm not as worried about how it's going to be received. But it's difficult. I mean, it's, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing learning experience for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. I resonate with that. And, and what, what, one thought that was coming to me is I think, as I had this kind of thought process a lot on my journey is like separating this 
this creation and this creativity from like the need to make money, right? So not forcing our creations into this box of like, they have to make money for us because I think that then creates that pressure, which then we're looking for that external validation because we're looking for the clients. So we're looking for the things through our creation and we're not actually enjoying, as you said, that space when these creations are still seeds, you know, they're still growing, they're still in their incubation period or whatever it may be so for you maybe on your journey how how or what you would recommend or uh, suggest to others is you know how do we how do we create and at the same time not put pressure on our creations to be our source of income or to be our source of validation yeah you know I think something that's been helpful for me is just reframing how I look at the my creative journey and where I am now you know, my prior career was very, very different. Um, so I actually trained and studied to be a nurse. And, you know, I started that journey when I was like 14 years old and I was volunteering at a local hospital as a candy striper and, you know, just kind of getting the experience of being in a hospital setting. And then I did some work with my mom as a volunteer for the Red Cross. And then, you know, I did four years of training and education to get my nursing degree. And, you know, that was a lot of time and investment where I wasn't getting any return yet. You know, I was spending a lot of money, getting trained, working on my education, you know, so really a lot of like investment ahead of time into that career path. And then, you know, eventually I became a nurse and I got my first job, et cetera, et cetera. I started earning my first paycheck. But, you know, from the time I was, say, 14, when I just kind of started that journey until the time I was... 22 and I got my first paycheck from being a nurse, that's a long time. And so I think I tend to look at my creative journey a little bit differently and to think that, you know, I need to have those immediate results or it's not worth the effort. And I think that's just the messaging that society has given us, you know, that there are certain pathways that are worth that time and investment. And then there are certain that other pathways that like, if you don't see those immediate results or that immediate return, then obviously it's a waste of your time. And so I think for me, just being able to kind of compare the two and say like, you know, I'm a lot earlier on my, my writing career and that writing pathway. And so it's okay to be investing this time and energy and training and working and, you know, it, it will eventually produce results, but I also don't really have control over those results and that's okay. But trusting that, you know, there will be a return on my investment. It really takes you out of that that linear timeline thinking, I think, that like it has to be X has to happen in order to Y to happen in terms of to like reframe that or rewire that in your whole system in your brain. It it feels really scary to like go into and trust that new way of creation and trust that it's okay to be in those periods where you're not receiving what's well, not receiving what would what we would see as like financial support or um, people telling us we're successful whatever that may be to you um, so for people that are starting out maybe starting out on their creative journey or they've been in it for for a long time and they're maybe not um, they're getting frustrated with themselves you know they're getting frustrated with themselves because um, and I've definitely been there many times uh, they're getting frustrated with themselves because they're not seeing those results you know they're not seeing what they what they want what do you think can bring them back to you know the true intentions of you know why they're creating and the purpose for creation 
you know, I think honoring that desire that you have to create in the first place and really understanding the sacredness of creativity and that we all do have something to share and give to the world and that's unique to us. And so, you know, I think it's inherent in all of us to, you know, whether you're a software engineer or you're a chef or you're a mom, like there's so many ways to be creative, even just in the way you put on an outfit every day. You know, you don't have to be an artist to be creative. So I think that's one thing that we sometimes put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be creative in these certain ways and contexts. But then I think, yeah, just trusting the desires of your heart, trusting that, you know, if you have this desire to make a podcast or write a book, that you'll be given the resources and the the time and the ability to do that as long as you persist and you don't give up. And, you know, on the in the meantime, I think it's okay to look for other ways to support yourself financially. You know, when I was a student in nursing school, I was working like three part-time jobs because, you know, I had to buy groceries for myself and I had to like, you know, pay for the subway ticket. And so I wasn't expecting that nursing was going to, you know, pay for itself while I was still kind of in that process of like training and education and investing. And so I think having that mentality with your creative work as well, realizing that you're developing a skill set and enjoying learning new skills, enjoying trying new things and, and really gathering those tools to make you even better at what you do. I think that is a process. And I think sometimes we try to shortcut that process and we think, okay, all I need to do is start a YouTube channel and I'm going to have a million followers and like, you know, just these kind of like outrageous ideas that, um, you know, are in our culture right now about overnight success. I really, I really doubt that even people that claim to have that kind of overnight success really do. They've probably put in a lot of work and effort behind the scenes. Unless you have one crazy viral video go somewhere. (laughs) But even then, you know, it's, are you prepared for that moment? And I think a lot of people maybe when they have that experience, maybe don't feel prepared, but say we're going on this path where we're, like you like you said, taking that pressure off ourselves. You know, we're investing in taking, investing in our skill set. We're taking a little part-time job to support us on the way. And, and then what that does is really gives you that space to explore not only uh, new methods to, to do things like uh, new skill sets, but also your own, unique way that you want to do that thing when it does become something that financially supports you right because if I had become successful in what I do and um in terms of like receiving what I did um a long time ago when I first started you know in my teenage years that would have been the worst time ever to have like taken off you know because I wouldn't have known what I wanted I wouldn't have known my unique style so really like having that space to to find your unique style and to find your unique way unique way I've I've found has been hugely hugely important on my on my own journey and you know something you were talking about there is just um this idea of like giving ourselves that space essentially giving ourselves to that space to create without that that pressure and I think like something that also gives us space is also this kind of building that strength within ourselves as well you know this internal feeling to like keep going as you said there like not give up um and so for you, what does what does it feel like to to kind of be this be a creative and at the same time, like what that gives you from being a creative or from being an entrepreneur, you know, that that resilient spirit, uh, as we we're kind of sort of discussing um, this before the podcast, actually, 
But uh, anyway, where was my question? My question was um, for you, like, how does it feel to go on this creative journey and at the same time, like, know that that creative journey, even if it's not maybe nourishing you financially yet, it's nourishing you in other ways, right? Building this inner strength. Yeah, well, I think that inner strength is really important. And I think that, you know, there is a sense of confidence that comes from knowing that you're on your path, knowing that you really believe in what you're doing, even if others don't. And I think that builds resilience. You know, I think that when you have that confidence within yourself, you don't need that, you know, external validation. You're not dependent on it. You know, you're a lot steadier. You're a lot more grounded and anchored in to your truth and to your way of creating in the world and expressing that. And I think you're also a lot more willing to try new things and to take risks and to create just for the simple act of creating because it's joyful and you find joy in it. And so to me, that's sustainable. And that's something I'm really focused on lately is, you know, asking myself this question, like, am I approaching this in a way that's sustainable? Or am I approaching this in a way that I know is going to lead to burnout because I'm not honoring my own capacity? I'm not honoring my own limits. I'm getting caught up in this, you know, cycle of comparison. And we already know where that goes. So how about we try a different way that's more gentle? And I heard someone use the phrase gentle perseverance. And I'm just like holding on to it with dear life because I I love... Yeah, I love the gift that it offers us. You know, it's perseverance, but it's not perseverance at the sake of, you know, losing sleep at night or getting your nervous system so amped up that you don't know how to come back to a sense of calm and stillness. It's gentle, but it's at the same time steady. And, you know, I think that's for me the kind of career I want to have, the kind of longevity I want to have. It's sustainable. It does nourish me as well because I'm not pouring so much of myself out that I don't have anything left to give. And I think, you know, there's also some sense of fear when we when we look at the story that's told about creatives or artists, you know, there's a lot of fear about, you know, the artist that just kind of like loses control and, you know, becomes an alcoholic or, you know, has these addictions or, you know, has mm-hmm. this kind of really extreme sense of, you know, lifestyle. Um, because we know that's not sustainable. And I think, you know, we can learn to tell a different story. It makes me think of that, like, straight when you're young, it's like, you know, you've got to study math, or you've got to study science, because otherwise you'll be the poor artist, you know, like, it's like, this kind of push to the side, you know, and I think that's very much been ingrained into into the way that we see things, because, you know, the Industrial Revolution was a time where people were focusing more on those sort of careers and uh, you mentioned a lot about joy uh, you said the word joy a few times in in creativity uh, what, what does joy mean to you how does it feel to you um, as a creative yeah I think I really love that kind of initial phase of creativity where you're getting the idea you're receiving the inspiration and it really does feel like something outside of you is kind of like pouring into you and you're just channeling it and I think allowing yourself to follow that allowing yourself to kind of get caught up in that and you know sometimes I think we we jump too far ahead in the process of creating and we think okay well I need to know the how and the when and the where and the why and the what 
And yes, I think that's an important part of the journey, but I think, you know, so is that kind of initial, you know, inspiration phase where you're just like really thinking outside the box and you're really just engaged with this newness and freshness and the energy of, of the idea that you're receiving. And so for me, that's a really joyful experience and being able to carry that experience all the way through to this kind of, you know, completion of, you know, the idea is now in some kind of physical form, you've released it out into the world and just experiencing joy throughout the whole process, which is something I'm definitely still working on. But, you know, I'm also comparing it a lot to, um, you know, just the process of giving birth, you know, when we're pregnant, it's like we're kind of incubating and we don't really know exactly what's going to happen. And, you know, there are phases that are very natural to the act of creation. And I think when we look to nature and we look to, you know, other examples of that creative process, we can kind of check in with ourselves and say, okay, where might I be in this process? And how can I enjoy exactly where I am right now and not rush ahead to, you know, thinking I need to give birth when I've only been pregnant for two months, for example. That would not be good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I love how you uh, how you said that. It's like honoring where you are and being where you are right now. Because, I mean, if you're in the other mindset to kind of chase another phase or get to another phase, then I think you're always going to be in that, even when the creation comes to life in the way that you think you want it to there's still going to be this mentality or this energy going on of like, okay, where's next? Exactly. Yeah. And we rob ourselves of presence when we do that. You know, I had a conversation last week with another author and we talked a lot about being present in our bodies, being present to each other. And there is this sense of vulnerability that comes with it. And I think acknowledgement of the uncertainty. And that's something that I still struggle with, you know, as someone who in my previous career, you know, was told I had a lot of control over outcomes and a lot of control over decisions that were being made and things like that. It was a different sort of training that I received. So I'm kind of unlearning some of those things and leaning more into trust, leaning more into the vulnerability of uncertainty and just seeing where that goes, seeing where that leads. And the trust and vulnerability like kind of what I'm hearing that is like almost the path of a creative in whatever way that creation is expressed is almost this path of of deeper surrender Mm -hmm. yeah it is and I think you know trusting that surrender I think in my experience has always been kind of this scary thing of like okay well that means someone else or something else is in charge and like what if you know trusting that when we surrender really good things can happen things beyond our imagination things beyond our capacity and i think if you are coming from a background where you know not being in control in the past maybe as a child or maybe you know in a different situation that was not good for you and not healthy and a scary thing then i think you know undoing that in your mind, like undoing that connection to like, okay, well, if I'm not in control of my creative journey and I'm not in control of this situation, it's also scary and unsafe. You know, being able to kind of, yeah, just examine that and ask yourself, okay, is it really the same or 
is it safe to go ahead and surrender in this situation and in my relationship with spirit or, you know, whatever you connect to when you're in that creative process and just being able to kind of soothe yourself and say, like, yes, it is. And I know it is because I've tried it before and this is how it's worked out. Giving yourself those examples, <laughs> really helpful. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, if anyone's listening, just a, a piece I want to mention on that as well is like this, this surrender process as well. Like if, if there is some fear in that surrender process, you know, what really helped me, and I don't know if this is similar for you, Maria, is just communication, you know, particularly with, with myself and with those around me. So that even though, you know, I was choosing this path for myself and the way that I wanted to walk, I could ensure that I'm sharing that with those closest to me so that it's almost like this, um, you know, you create that sense of safety physically, even if like that safety is not fully there internally yet, you know? Yeah, I think there is an, a, like, a really important piece about community that I think we don't often pay as much attention to as we could. Um, I was actually thinking about that before this conversation of like, you know, how important community is and connection and establishing community for ourselves and how we can find safety in community. And, you know, I was traveling in my my 20s and I remember I had this moment where I was just like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do next? Where do I go? Like, should I go home? And I was just like, you know, really having this like kind of anxiety about like my decisions and, and what I should do next. And I was talking to a friend from home and he just said really plainly, he said, you know, just remember, you will always have a safety net of people you love to come home to. And that really stuck with me. And that gave me the courage and the confidence to keep going. You know, I didn't go home yet. I traveled another probably six to eight months um, because I knew he was right. I knew that no matter what happened, I did have people who cared for me and loved me back home that I could always go back to if that's the decision that I, I made. And just knowing that there's that safety net underneath you to catch you when you fall, you're more likely to take risks. You're more likely to try new things. You're more likely to make mistakes because you know, like you have that, that net of community and love and care holding you and ready to kind of catch you if, if need be. And then I think you also have a responsibility to be that safety net for other people. Mm, I love that last piece. You know, it's, uh, it's um, and like how you are that safety net doesn't have to be like if you can't contribute physically in a way, you can be that safety net in, in emotional ways, you can be that safety net in spiritual ways. There's many ways that you can, you know, offer that feeling of safety to others, um, particularly in times when maybe you don't feel like you have something to give. There are many ways that, that we can give and that we can contribute um, to others, to community. And and if you're someone who's listening to this thinking, oh, I don't, I don't have that community, I don't have that thing, then there's, there's lots of opportunities, I think, in our world, in, in, in the Western world at least, to, to go out and discover those spaces where those communities are thriving and creating that community for yourself, you know, and creating those connections for yourself. And, you know, it may take time to step into that because it is a scary thing to like go out in the world to put yourself out there a little bit. But you know, if that's what you're, if that's what you're wanting to call into your life, people who understand you, people who love you, people who support you, then they are there. They're there in the world. It's just sometimes you need to put yourself in those environments where you can build, build those spaces. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the biggest lessons I learned when, you know, I was traveling. I spent 14 months kind of backpacking solo around the world. And, you know, before I had been working as a nurse, I had my own apartment. I lived alone. I had a very, like, secure and stable environment. And I was also very lonely because, you know, I didn't really see the ways in which I needed community because I had mm-hmm. kind of all of my my basic needs met. And so, you know, when I put myself in a situation where I needed people to host me, you know, for couch surfing or work away, for example, or I needed to ask people for help when I got lost or I needed help just communicating because I didn't speak the language. You know, I put myself in a vulnerable position where I was more dependent on others. But through that, I was able to really receive the gift of community and receive the gift of hospitality and to really understand how beautiful it is and just yeah, how available it is. But I think you have to kind of take that leap of faith where it's like you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable and to be okay asking for help, to be okay needing something from others. And then in return, you know, ask yourself again, okay, what do I have to offer? And I think it can be as simple as, you know, when we're talking about creating and putting work out into the world, you know, something that I think a lot of creative people need is just encouragement, you know, like, hey, I saw your poem, you know, I really resonated with this line, you know, I can't wait to see what you write next, you know, and Mm. it can be that simple. And I think that's something that, you know, can be really beneficial to people that are kind of, you know, putting something out there, maybe it feels vulnerable to them. And so then you're, you're kind of walking alongside them. And you're saying, hey, I see you. I hear you keep going. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about Substack. I feel it's very community orientated <laughs> in that way. And yeah, yeah it's, so, it's so true what you were saying, like um, with this kind of like allowing yourself to need other people. And I think what helped me do that very much so was this idea of like seeing that, like what you're doing, you know, whether that's, you know, creating through writing, creating through your business, through your projects, you know, whatever it is. And with the intention that, that that has to contribute to the world, like when I allow myself to receive, you know, the, the accommodation or the hospitality or the help from others, I'm like, okay, this is contributing to that big, big vision where it's going to contribute to people's lives. You know, it's going to really make an impact in the way that we show up in the world. So allowing yourself to receive, even just the act of receiving is an act of giving in it, in of itself. Yeah, and it, it's not something that we always can understand in the moment, like the how far it reaches out, the ripple effect. You know, I think at least in my culture, like we're taught, you know, that giving and receiving is like a very like two-sided experience. Like I give to you and then you give back to me. And like that's the reciprocity. And I think it, we can expand that vision of you know, how we give and receive. And when we expand it to include a wider community, you know, maybe I give something to you today, maybe 10 years later, that gives you the ability to give to someone I've never met, you know, something totally different. But again, you know, we have to trust in the process. We have to trust in the richness and the abundance of connection. And we don't always know the ways that we're going to receive or be able to give. And, you know, one of the things I loved when I finally came back home and you know, had my own house again and things like that, receiving the hospitality that I had as a traveler enabled me to then be a much more conscious hostess. And, you know, so I loved being able to years down the road, 
you know, give back to that same community. It wasn't the exact same people that had hosted me. It was totally different people. But because I had been in their position, you know, I feel like I had a better understanding of like what their needs might be or, you know, where they might be feeling kind of vulnerable or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I do think there is just this lovely tapestry of reciprocity that we weave when we give and receive. But I think being able to hold that loosely and be being flexible with how we see that happen. I love that image you just gave me of that tapestry. Like that was really beautiful. And it comes back to this, you know, we're all connected. You know, we are, even though we're all different pieces of the puzzle, we're all this one thing, all connected. And, you know, like you said, it might not be that direct um uh, giving and receiving but it is always like when you have those those pure intentions there is always this act happening when when you're aware of that act occurring and um I think like you know what's coming to me now is this um when we're when we're in this space when our receiving there's there's also a lot of stuff that comes up you know like even when you're allowing yourself to receive and you're allowing yourself to you know be held uh, especially as a creative or an artist or whatever it is there's a lot of shame that comes up around that there's a lot of uh, fear that can come up around that a discomfort that can come up around that as well and and that's what I think then as you said allows you yourself to put yourself in those shoes fully in those shoes and then in the future be able to give back to that community because you know how difficult and how uncomfortable it can be but you also know that the importance of being in that discomfort. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's something I still struggle with is it does in some ways for me feel more vulnerable to receive than to give because, you know, I think we think that we have more control when we're kind of on the the giving end of things because, you know, yeah, that just seems like something that isn't for me at least as vulnerable as receiving and, one way that I think I'm, I'm kind of coaching myself through that and allowing myself to be more open to receiving is just the fact that, you know, when I own the, the fact that I have needs, when I say, hey, I need help here, or hey, you know, I really want to receive X, Y, Z, then I think it does set an example for others. You know, I think it helps others give themselves permission to also be honest about their needs and to be more willing to ask for help because they see, okay, you know, she did it over there. So, you know, I think there's this idea of collective courage. So when I do something that requires courage, that feels vulnerable and scary, but I do it anyway, I think that adds to our collective courage. And I hope that, again, you know, even in the act of receiving, maybe I'm giving someone else the courage to also be in that position of receiving. Mm. <laughs> definitely I think like especially as a writer um and as writing poetry as well we really we really receive something out of those experiences that deepens our work in, in a really profound way as well and um you know when I'm in the moments of discomfort I always remind myself this is going to be a brilliant poem or this is going to be a brilliant like piece of piece of writing <laughs> you know that's gonna really yeah. like su support and other people and you know when you see that feedback from other people coming in of like oh wow you know sometimes when you write those words you have no idea the impact that they're going to have on other people and I think 
that's yeah. what's helped me particularly as a you know as a, a poet um and you know I'm sure this can uh, expand outwards onto to other professions as well but to really like allow myself to receive because I realize like wow like when I when I do and when that brings up all of the discomfort the creation that comes from that and it's not that creation has to come from discomfort of course it comes from moments of joy too but when it comes from where we when we're putting ourselves in vulnerable positions it is powerful it is a real like Mm -hmm. highlight on the human experience in a way that I don't think um is possible in let's say a more um in a more you know something when we're creating from the mind you know when we're really creating on from that feeling like whatever that is um from that feeling or from that heart space you know wow it does create something so beautiful and and so um powerful yeah and you know something else I'm kind of reminding myself is that you know I needed to write that poem for myself if for whatever reason, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't resonate with anyone else or it doesn't get the external feedback that I, I'm hoping for, or maybe I never even publish it. Maybe it just stays in my notebook. You know, I received something from being able to put it down on paper. I received something from the act of creation. And, you know, there's so many times when I really just think like everything I write, it's really because I need to read it. <laughs> and oh, so, my you know, it's just... <laughs> Just recognizing that it's like I'll go back and I'll reread things that I've written before, and I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, great advice. You know, it's like, I, it's like someone else has written it, and I'm I'm reading it for the first time again, and I'm like, oh yeah. So you know, um, I think just reminding ourselves of that, you know, we need our own, we need our creations just as much as other people do, and so I think you're right when we create from that, you know, feeling of just pure emotion, whether it's sorrow or it's joy or, or gratitude or anger, you know, we we need the result of our own creations. And those can be nourishing to ourselves as well. And we hope that, of course, they resonate with others and, you know, we can kind of have this ripple effect. But, you know, even in the ways that it changes us to create what we create, you know, that is going to have its own ripple effect. You know, the fact that you wrote this poem last week and it changed something inside of you and maybe you never shared it, but like it had this effect on you that maybe ripples out in different ways, you know, in a conversation you have with someone and the way you carry yourself. So I think we limit ourselves so much when we are just looking for the number of likes or comments or, you know, who's decided to publish it in a certain journal or, you know, we limit, we limit our creations in those ways. And I think that's something I'm just trying to expand my, my view of. I think that takes us like back full circle to that question that we started with, which is like, how do we navigate the tension of being just dependent on the receptivity of others is coming back to, yeah, this is for us. You know, this creation is for me. I remember when I, um, you know did went on the self-publishing journey of, of my poetry and someone asked me like oh you know you're gonna what are you gonna do with it how many people have bought it and I was like no this was this was for me like this was all for, <laughs> this is all for me like so I think like that's another point that adds to that first question of like what you just shared there like it gets to be for you you know it's it's the guidance that you need to receive in that moment it's the reassurance that you need to receive it's the expression you need to have you know and when you start 
honing in on that as much as what it's contributing to the world you really like kind of lose this need for that um for that validation to keep going because you're you're going because it brings you joy and it brings you release and and fulfillment um so that's a a nice full circle i think back to that (laughs) yeah and also i think it's okay to want that external validation and it's okay Mm -hmm. to want your art to make money like both and, you know, I think sometimes we, yeah. we can feel shame as creatives to have those desires to have our work seen in the world in a bigger way. And I think that desire in of itself is also, you know, pure and good and we shouldn't feel shame in that. So I think for me, the piece is acknowledging that I do want my work to have a greater impact and then that surrender piece of letting go of how that takes place or when or where. But, you know, I don't need to get rid of that desire just because maybe it's not happening right now or maybe it's not, you know, the full vision isn't in place yet. That doesn't mean that I'm not on my way and that doesn't mean that I have to kind of feel shame or embarrassment about that desire. Mm, I love that, that piece. I love that clarification piece there. Thank you for that. Oh, this has been a really awesome conversation, I think, just like compounded on top of our last one, you know, in in a really unique, beautiful way. And so I'd love for you to, you know, just before we tie up, I'd love for you to just share, you know, any of the ways that people can connect with you at the moment. And if there's any offerings that you would like, I know you've got your creative contemplation practice. So I'd love for you to just share that with with the listeners as well today. Yeah, so I write Heartbeats, which is um, a weekly newsletter, and I explore topics of being a new mom, you know, grief, creativity, just kind of whatever is on my heart and mind for that week. And then, you know, my goal is to really build community there where we can remember our shared humanity. We can all bring our full selves to the table, talk about things that are important to us and bring us back into our wholeness and our belonging with each other. And one of the practices I have and I share on the newsletter is creative contemplation. And it's just this way of kind of harmonizing with the shifts in energy through each season. We have a theme for each month. I have a free workbook and journal that you can download um, through the newsletter. And it's just kind of a fun container for us to explore together, different affirmations, different creative prompts. And so, yeah, I'd love anyone to join me there. And if you're resonating with that, you can find all of the links in the show notes or in the Substack article below. And um, before we finish up, I'd love to end on one final question, and that's for for you to just share a message from your heart. So maybe something that you know ties this whole conversation together, something that's alive for you right now, just something that you feel that the listeners want to be um, want to close out this episode with. Oh, thank you for that invitation. You know, I think it would just be a word of encouragement to say you're not alone on this journey, even though sometimes it can feel that way, that, you know, we are all connected. And when you thrive, we all thrive. And so believe in your own ability to thrive, believe in, you know, your own worthiness and believe in your belonging because we all belong to each other. Believe in your own ability to thrive. Mm, I like that one. (laughs) Uh, Thanks again so much, Maria, for coming on. And again, head down to the show notes if you would like to connect with Maria um, and uh, read any more about this episode. So thank you so much, everyone who's tuned in. And thank you, Maria, for coming on.
Thank you, Emma. Bye. I so enjoyed it. See you later, everyone. Bye.